This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. So it's been really wild lately. So many power couples in my community here in L.A., myself included, have recently gone through a breakup with their partner. And I was considering starting a Cat's Lonely Hearts Club where we could all eat ice cream, watch funny cat videos, and share the parade of emotions together. But no one thought that was a good idea. (laughs) I don't know why. In fact, what's really been interesting is that each of us have taken the route of breakup to continue to maintain a friendship with our former partners and navigate the process with love and conscious personal evolution. Now, is this a good idea? (laughs) We've heard the term used in pop culture, but what exactly does this look like? How does one consciously uncouple? And can it really be done? And that's what we're diving into today. This episode is for all my kittens out there who may have experienced breakups, going through one right now, or feeling like it's time to initiate one. There is another way that doesn't destroy who you've worked so hard to become and who you've chosen to love for all this long time or as deep as you have thus far. I've got Adam Roa here to talk to us about the concept of conscious uncoupling and some hard truths about being in a relationship, not only with another person, but with ourselves as men and women. I'm so excited to have you on, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited to be on here with you, Kat. (laughs) This is part two for us, just to let all of our listeners know. Adam and I recorded a show together already, and it was really epic. I was I was quite impressed by our wisdom and our insights for that one. But (laughs) unfortunately, I'm a little tech challenged, we'll say, and didn't turn my mic on correctly. So I sounded really bad while Adam sounded really good. And I know that's exactly what he wants to create for himself, but he was very, very open to redoing this with me. So thank you, Adam. You're welcome. And uh, this time we are in control of our own technology, I see. (laughs) I have my own my own microphone and you have your own microphone. Yes. This time. Yes. Very metaphorical for <laughs> what we're getting to talk about. <laughs> Conscious yeah. uncoupling. Yeah, we had to uncouple from our shared microphone. <laughs> it's just how what had to happen for us to grow. That's perfect. I feel growth already. <laughs> <laughs> So Adam Roa is a transformational artist who is committed to using creative energy to catalyze change on this planet. And he's constantly creating these 
amazing variety of artistic projects, these conscious films, music, spoken word poetry, and on the quest to discover what it means to be an empowered man. And he's known for sharing his journey with radical authenticity on social media, as well as his podcast, The Deep Dive, which it was your radical authenticity is what prompted me to reach out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, I've realized that most of what everyone's looking for is permission, permission of some kind. And the more that I'm willing to share my journey uh, authentically and honestly, uh, I'm, I've learned that that gives people permission uh, and not even just gives them permission, but they give themselves permission because they see someone else doing it. Mm. So. Yeah, it's like we're we're social learners as humans. And so we're constantly scanning our environment. What's this person do or how are they doing this or how are they dressing? So when you dress <laughs> or you act or you show up in a way that's not the social norm, it's like, "Oh yeah, I am I do have power over what how I present myself." So mm -hmm. and that's what's really inspiring to me to hear your work. His podcast is epic. If you haven't heard it yet, it's the deep dive. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. It's been a labor of love now for about two years I've been doing that thing. So uh, it's one of my big passions. Oh, that's amazing. And it was the podcast episode that you were talking about your own conscious uncoupling experience that I was like, oh, I need to have him on the show. It seems like this is, I'm experiencing a lot of breakups happening around me, including myself. And to be able to watch my people in my community or watching other people who navigate this with, with love and compassion and just self-respect and respect of the other is really encouraging. And it's, yeah. It, so what, maybe we can start with sharing with our listeners, what unconscious, unconscious, <laughs> what <laughs> conscious couple uncoupling means and how is that different than a breakup? Well, I believe that for me, consciousness simply means awareness. I mm -hmm. think those words really are interchangeable. And so I'm seeing a lot of people get turned off by that, that term conscious and, mm. uh, awakened or whatever the, those words are, woke. but really it just means woke. <laughs> I, I really think it just means awareness. And so when you going through a breakup, what's the level of awareness that you have of all the different facets of that uncoupling process? And, that is the direct result of a couple of things, which are the level of communication that the two individuals have and the level of self-awareness that the two individuals have. And so in my own process of uncoupling with my partner of nearly 10 years together, I was able to observe so much of my internal process as it was happening from this kind of objective awareness of what is going on inside of me right now? Mm. Why am I wanting to eat really crappy food? <laughs> Why am I wanting to watch Netflix instead of meditate? You know, just noticing those things and then having um, really deep communication with with my partner and and being able to speak what I was going through and be present with what she was going through and know when she's not the person to hold space for me mm. in certain aspects of the process. And 
And, you know, awareness gives us choice. So it's not like having the awareness means it's going to be super easeful just because. But at the very least, what it does is give us the opportunity to make choices that are more in alignment with how we would like the process to go. Mm, Wow. So empowering. It's like you are actively participating in the unfolding instead of it just, you know, avoiding or letting it do its own thing. You're saying this is how we conscious, this is how we decide to see this move forward. Yeah. There's no reason why I have to turn her into the enemy in Mm. order to get through the breakup, which is how I used to do things. When I would go through breakups and mind you, I was 23 when I met her basically. (laughs) So all my previous relationships, I was very uh, much what I would say in my boy self and a lot of wounding Mm -hmm. around past relationships, being cheated on all of that stuff. And so in this relationship during the breakup process, being very truthful about the fact that I still, still love her very, very much. There's no, there's nothing wrong with our relationship. There was no, nobody, hurt anyone else. There was no violation of agreements that none of that. And so my goal is for us to remain in each other's lives in some capacity. I can't imagine not seeing her children, (laughs) even if they're not with me, which is what I thought would happen for the last nine years. I thought I would be the person to have children with this woman. And You know, there's always a possibility maybe that still happens, but realistically, with us being broken up right now, if I'm not that person, I can't imagine not being in her life. And I can't imagine my children not knowing who she is. Like I like I chose to spend a third of my time on this planet with this woman. I think she's incredible. So when I'm feeling a lot of discomfort in my system, instead of going to an old pattern, which is she's making me feel this and I'm going to be angry at her or I'm going to resent her or I'm going to make her the enemy in order to somehow deal with this. I have the consciousness, I have the awareness to say, I'm just in pain right now because I'm mourning the loss of a love that is, is no longer what it was. So how do I choose to be with that? Mm, Wow. There's so much humanness in that statement. It's like giving yourself permission to feel exactly what you're feeling Mm -hmm. as you're moving through this process. And I can, I I can already hear my listeners right now. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like everything was good and you're still in love. And why did you break up? What, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) So maybe people might misunderstand what, what breakup the purpose of breakup or what it is, or people uh, might be having this preconceived notion of what, you know, when you break up, you break up when you don't love each other. (laughs) I'll try and condense it because we did an hour and a half (laughs) podcast on the deep dive about this that you referenced. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to listen to it. Yes. The like cliff notes version (laughs) is that, uh, it got to a point. So in my relationship, we would grow and grow and expand each other. And every time I would expand, I'd become a new person. And because I was expanding in new ways, she would be catalyzed to expand in her new ways as a result. And we're having this alchemy together. And we were always, um, 
growing and there was more growth available to us in the relationship than outside of it. There, the things that were available to us by being in the work together in such a tight container and really diving deep together, that growth was so much beyond anything I could have possibly imagined. And we didn't know what was happening, but there was just an energetic that we could feel shifting between us. And I, we couldn't tell what was happening. And we're very much um, big believers in plant medicines and uh, they played a huge role in our life. And so we went into a medicine ceremony together and both received the message separately that said, you are being asked to leave the safety of this relationship to more deeply understand yourselves and the planet and what's going on on the planet. Because while so many people looked to our relationship as such a a great example of a conscious relationship, we were, we were seen that way in this kind of public figure and within the community and the tribe and stuff. Um, very few people can relate to that relationship. They can aspire to it. They may want it, but they can't actually relate to what that is. And the truth is that I can't relate to what it means to be single in today's day and age, Mm. or I couldn't Mm -hmm. because before, before the last time I was single, before I met her, social media really wasn't even like (laughs) Tinder didn't exist. Uh, FaceTime didn't, wasn't even like a thing. So prehistoric Uh, times. Prehistory. It was the dark ages. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, what did we do? I, I just, Tamagotchis? I, felt, I think that's it. Exactly. <laughs> and there was just such a disconnect that I'm only now becoming aware of as I re-enter into it. Mm. As I re-enter into, I'm single now and I'm interacting with men and women in a different way, both men and women in a different way than I was when I was in this container. So when a woman interacts with me, she goes, Oh, he's taken. So there's a different energy. The moment that now I'm not taken in that way, Mm -hmm. I've noticed a shift in energy. I've noticed women wonder if I'm like, some women get defensive a little bit off the bat. Like there's a protection, like a wall that's kind of up of, I don't want this man to, whatever. And then there's also this interaction with men with very primal where now I'm another predator, let's say like I'm, Mm, I'm also, I'm competition Mm. and it's very subtle, but I've, I can see it and I'm, I'm aware of it. And it was not something that I was aware of until very recently. And so to, to bring it all back home, like I said, there's like an hour and a half into this Mm -hmm. statement. I feel as if I'm being asked to do it by, Mm -hmm. by a higher power. Mm -hmm. And now I'm recognizing how much growth is available to me outside the relationship that is more than was available to me inside for the first time in basically 10 years. Wow. Wow. So essentially the world was like, Hey, Adam, you forgot what it was like to be a man in this world, in the dating world. Here you go. Let's give you that opportunity so you can, so you can remember. (laughs) <laughs> and to be fair, it's not just dating. Cause that's what a lot of like, even my female friends thought when we were mm-hmm. first announced, they're like, you just want to go and have sex with a bunch of <laughs> other women. Right. Like that's the thing. That's really what's going on. Uh-huh. And the truth is that there's so much more than that. For example, she was my creative muse. Mm. She was the one 
who, when I felt stuck, I would go to and talk to her and, and she would bring out creativity in me. She would spark something and then I would run with it. That mm-hmm. was kind of our dynamic. And we've talked about this since splitting up. I've had to learn to catalyze my own creativity. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. in my own creative genius of, yeah, I don't need someone else to inspire me to create. I can inspire myself to create. And she's had to learn how to take her inspiration and actually translate it into action. Oh, oof. Mm. Like translate it into something that exists in the 3D realm, mm-hmm. which has been my the role that I've played in our relationship. And so we took on these roles and the times come for us to develop a sovereignty where I can create whatever I want without her, mm. which is different mindset than I've had for for many years now. I've I've just even in the breakup recognized how much of me has felt like I've needed her. When things have gotten hard, I've said I need her mm. to get through this. When that's not true. So I'm going to back up a moment because you said this word that just made me like tingle inside. It was like so good. It was sovereignty. What, what is sovereignty? How would you just sovereignty. Describe, explain that? Yeah. Sovereignty is being, um, for me specifically in the context that I'm using it in. In relationship? Is, yeah. In relationship is knowing that I'm whole, knowing my power. Mm. And maintaining my alignment without needing something outside of myself. And so for a lot of people, uh, and myself included, I'll give you an example. The first week of, after our breakup, I, uh, I didn't eat as well as I normally do. Mm-hmm. I didn't exercise as much as I normally do. I didn't um, meditate as much as I normally do. A lot of that stuff fell out of the way because I was seeing this part of me that had, uh, was leaning into her for that support. Mm-hmm. It, you know what I mean? It's hard. It's like you have a gym buddy. You're going to work out harder when that buddy's saying, Hey, come on, you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's like this. And this naturally occurs too in relationships. It's this natural merging that, that happens because we inter influence each other. We're in each other's space. So mm-hmm. when you when you're talking about this sovereignty, how how does one maintain? How do you see one maintaining a sovereignty within you know a, a unit? Well, I think that naturally, what's going to happen. So like you and I, right? If you uh-huh. and I were to hang out together with the same uh, microphone, just with the same microphone. <laughs> There's going to be aspects of my personality that catalyze uh, something in you and and activate certain parts of you that are different than if you're hanging out with a different friend, right? And you, let's use an example, like play is a huge part of your personality, right? Being around you, and I've seen it, there's more of a goofy, playful energy that comes out in me. That's just a really simple example well, that's normal. That's why we have friends. That's why we have relationships, et cetera. What, what happens that is so nuanced that often we don't see happening is let's say I'm around you and I let you be the one to catalyze play in me all the time. And we dated for 10 years and then we break up. I may not have realized that my playfulness, I was allowing to come out through you as opposed to 
initiating that myself. And so then through the breakup, it's like, oh, I'm way less playful now. I have to learn how to actually catalyze my own playfulness. And so with Azria, she was such a she was such a deep mirror for being surrendered to to spirit. I mean, her her spiritual practice and and taking the time for herself and laying in the grass and connecting to trees and all of that was so on point mm-hmm. that when we first broke up, I noticed this part of me that let that stuff slide because previously I was leaning into her, leaning into her to look to her. It's like, oh yeah, I can eat better because she's eating better or I can meditate because she's meditating or whatever. And I get to be responsible for myself. I get to be sovereign. I don't need to rely on anything outside of myself. And it's already shifted, but it takes the awareness that it's happening to be able to have the choice to choose something different. I love does that. that. Make sense? It does. It totally makes sense. And and then I'd wonder, you know, as we're talking about the sovereignty, the individualism, and the, this alchemy that happens between people, how do you personally see um, the what relationship or what partnership is, or how what it means to to do that? The purpose of it. The purpose of 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 relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a big question. I think that for me right now at this stage of my life, the purpose of relationships, um, and I've thought a lot about this because the questions coming up for me around why I would interact with women now, (laughs) why I would choose to engage with, um, with the opposite sex, with the intention of connecting at a deep level, whether that's sexual or not, but just intimate, right? I believe that my purpose with relationships currently is the alchemy of what happens and what's activated in each person by being in that relationship. So specifically, one thing that I want to call into more of my life is music and being more musical. So my friend that I'm traveling with, Ryan, he is such a, he used to be, he's a music producer and used to be a DJ and, um, traveling with him allows me and I get to lean into and get activated by someone who's more musically inclined than I am. And that's activating more music in me. Um, with a woman, uh, I want, there's, there's a few things that I want as a man right now on this journey of my expansion, such as I want to be more playful I want to be more sensual and I want to feel more like I want sexual energy to be a more regular part of my like practice. Like as I just walk through the day, just playing with sexual energy, not meaning having more sex necessarily, but just like, what does that mean to tap into that primal? Just like let that wild, the wild animal out a little bit more. There are women who can catalyze that in me. And then there are women who will catalyze like more intellectual philosophical discussions. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have enough of that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so the point is I'm viewing relationships. Like what does this, what does this woman embody or what does this man embody? And is that something that I think like when I'm around them, does it come out in me? Great. I'd like to spend more time Mm -hmm. with that person for that reason. 
Yeah. I had somebody describe that to me, that process to me one time as this transmission, like somebody's transmitting their qualities or their characteristics or things that they're really good at. And by us viewing them by us, you know, socially learning observation through them. Mm. Yeah. And there's a, uh, the word I like is alchemy because there's going to be a blend, meaning mm. uh, not everyone who exhibits playful nature as, as a, a main archetype, as a joker, they're not every single one of those people is going to catalyze my playfulness, mm. right? The way that we interact is, uh, unique to individuals and their unique frequencies will create this unique alchemy of, of those frequencies. And, um, I'm excited to meet the people who carry the codes of, of activation for parts of myself that are ready to come online. Oh, wow. Oof. <laughs> Take note of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking applications. For anyone listening. <laughs> Hit him up on Instagram. He, he's checking his DMs daily. <laughs> <laughs> so how... Do you, what, what's coming to my mind is it, you're newly single and you're navigating this new like energy that's flowing through you. And you're talking about playing with sexual energy and not necessarily sex, but just like being in the embodiment of it. How are people responding to you being a man in this society today, like a masculine in this society today, we've got all these messages going on, you know, about around sexuality and sensuality and and I'm wondering how you're experiencing that as a single person. My perception of what's happening outside or my like what's coming back to me currently? What's coming back to you? Because I, the, mm. I guess at large, there's a lot happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I've gone into a bit of a cocoon. Um, I've come to Hawaii and I'm staying here on this island that is not where there's a large, like young, single nightlife kind of thing. I'm more in, uh, uh, like a, a, a creative cocoon focusing on what I want to create. Cause I'm, I'm releasing content right now. Um, that is sharing this story behind the scenes of what's actually going on. And so we're capturing things on camera and sharing them. And some of that has to do with what's coming back. But most of what's coming back to me right now is through the online platforms because I'm not experiencing it in person and they're very subtle. So for example, when for almost 10 years of being in relationship, I posted so much content online and no one ever said things like such a cutie and there's nothing, there's nothing more attractive than a man who blah, 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 who cooks or blah, 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 blah. Like whatever those things are that are directly about finding me or something I'm doing attractive, even in, in these really subtle nuanced kind of comments. And, um, I've gotten a lot more of those because I used to never get them. And I don't know if that was because women knew I was in a relationship and they wanted to be respectful to the relationship. And now there's thing, or if there's a shift in my energy, that actually people are picking up on is like that energy is more inviting. Maybe I'm not sure, but I've noticed that. And, and then other things like, um, a woman sent me a artistic half naked photo. Like, <laughs> like she was, she had something in front of her. She was clearly naked, but like had something in front of her, um, covering herself. 
And it was this artsy photo that she sent to me just kind of randomly uh, out of nowhere. We weren't in dialogue or anything. It was just sent to me as a response to one of my Insta stories uh, that had nothing to do with nudity or anything. So there's definitely an energetic shift that I'm experiencing. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not, I'm not positive what the shifts are, are going to be when that goes from offline to online. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that would be interesting. It after, I would say after my separation as well, getting, getting the different types of messages from people was also kind of quick. Yes. (laughs) Very quick. I imagine, I imagine it's quicker for women to start receiving those men are just like, okay, here we go. I've been waiting. I was was hoping for this. (laughs) I imagine Azria is getting tons of messages from men who are just aware that the relationship ended and it's not even necessarily hitting on her, but just like, I'm going to open up this line of communication now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how would you say, you know, coming back to the relationship dynamic and the, the uncoupling that you're experiencing, how are the two of you navigating the friendship or what does well, that look like? For, we had this really interesting moment because we decided to break up. We basically announced it on social media. We had, uh, seven to 10 days apart where I was staying at our house and she went up to Los Angeles and stayed with friends and we just had space. And I remember the first day that she came back down and we were officially broken up, but we hadn't moved out of the house yet. And we were sitting there talking to each other and just being in the same space. And we had a conversation about how do we want to spend our time together? Because Mm. there's no love lost. So literally I'm sitting across from a woman who I love more than I ever have Mm -hmm. and we're broken up and in a way where it's awkward because we don't know how to interact. Do we pretend that we're strangers? Like do we try and behave differently? And that's where this conscious aspect comes in because we began to ask the question of what the container of the monogamous relationship has ended but if we still love each other and we're still um, like we still want to express that love to each other through affection, like if I just want to hold her hand while sitting next to her and crying about the fact that we're breaking up, like mm-hmm. can we do that? Can we hold hands? Can we hug? Can we kiss? Can we have sex? Like what is this navigation of that? And basically what we had decided for at least the first month that we were uh, that we had separated was that when we were together, we would be kind of a toned down version of what we were, meaning we're not going to pretend that we're strangers. If we want to just hug each other, it's like, can I have a hug? Like give each other a hug. Mm-hmm. If we're sitting and just talking and one just like grab each other's hand, we'll grab each other's hand because the biggest thing for me was I didn't want to look back and have like, like let's say we never were it ever together again, you know, it was Mm -hmm. now we're really broken up and never seeing each other. Really. I didn't want the last days together. I didn't want the last moments to be awkward. I didn't Mm -hmm. want them to feel uncomfortable. I didn't want to feel like strangers to each other. That felt very dishonoring for the time that we put in together. I want to think of her and think of how much I love her to this day. That is how I want to leave that, even if we're never intimate ever again. Mm. 
And what's been difficult about staying friendship with your por- former partner? I'm sure you've been experiencing some difficulties or blocks or. Um, yeah, th- there's a number of things. One is the, the, just the pain of feeling like these physical feelings of, I, I use the analogy of the, of the matrix. You've seen the matrix. <laughs> Have I seen the matrix? Yeah, <laughs> and so, so when he wakes up in that pink pod and all those hoses like burst out of his spine and everything, it feels like there's these umbilical cords that have connected us, these energetic cords that have connected us. And they are like bursting off of me. And I had a really powerful, uh, realization, which is that's actually sovereignty is when I don't have those cords attached. Like I'm walking through the world and I don't have those necessary energetic cords that are sustaining me. And I, I don't know. I realized that part of this process of gaining sovereignty actually means severing all the ties that I have to her. And I cried for about an hour after I realized that because there were the part of me that like, I don't know where she is right now. I have no idea where she, I have an idea where I think she might be, but I have no idea where she is. I haven't spoken to her on the phone in the entire time I've been here, maybe 10 days. Um, I don't know what's going on in her life. And that, that's, if I'm honest, that's the hardest part. Like I care about her as a, as a human being. I love her very much and I don't know what's going on in her life. And it's just like, it's hard. That's, that's really hard. And, um, I don't know if like, I don't want, there's a part of what's making it hard is I don't want to care less. You know, I don't want to care less, but I also can't be speaking to her all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this back and forth. And that creates this experience in my mind that, that is, can be quite, painful. Mm, yeah. What, I, what I'm hearing is, you know, allowing yourself to still feel for them, but then how do we know, you know, these actions, am I feeling an attachment again? And am I, am I feeling creating more of that cord? And how do we determine the difference between those two? Yeah. How, how do we determine what is me developing sovereignty as an individual where I don't rely on her in any way, shape or form to, to, to live my life, uh, at the most optimal level. And how do I also at the same time honor the fact that I, like I want it, I want her in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and that navigation is something that that's the reason why I'm sharing as openly and authentically as I am and turning the camera on it, because I believe people can relate to that. I believe that it's normal to go through something like that and not know what the hell to do. And we don't really have examples of that. We have books that are telling us from coaches and things like that. This is the way to approach it and et cetera. But Mm -hmm. we don't have anything where we can go to that YouTube or go to wherever and watch someone navigating it Mm -hmm. in real time 
And I want to give people an archetypal reference point for what that looks like to, to be going through that process and not have the answers, but to at least be going, going with love as the, the highest intention and, and honoring that. Mm-hmm. And what I love, uh, what you have been presenting through all of your media work lately is that you're helping people to self-inquire. You're helping people to turn back into themselves and say, does this feel good for me? Is this actually in my, what's my intention here? Yeah, I think intention is the, the superpower that we have as, as human beings, because to set an intention is telling the universe what we want. And my personal goal is to, to feel powerful, to feel just truly powerful. And, um, in so many ways that, that a man can feel powerful. And that includes in my divine feminine flow and creativity. I want to feel powerful in that. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel intelligent. I want to feel all of those things, which I am. And I've learned that I am those things while in a 10 year relationship. Meaning I, I have recognized all the ways in which I'm not that single. (laughs) I haven't, I haven't yet. And I am in instances and I'm learning to navigate that. But there's, there was definitely a part of me that felt like, Oh, I could have this conversation with Kat and be, um, my most empowered self because I have this relationship. And so I don't want anything from Kat. I don't, there's no, there's no worry about, she doesn't need to worry about me. Um, coming on to her or, uh, I don't have to, when I'm interacting with other men, they don't have to think that I'm going to try and talk to their girlfriend mm-hmm. or that we're both going to want the same. If we're both single, we're both going to be looking at the same women. Like there's a very primal thing that happens that, um, because of the relationship, I recognized how much I felt like I was in armor, <laughs> you know mm, what I mean? Like this protective yeah. yeah, you don't have to worry about me. I'm not <sighs> dangerous. And now I want to feel dangerous, but in a really cool way. <sighs> That's so interesting. Yeah, it's like the expectations are clear. I know that he is not a threat to me because he is, quote unquote, safe in this container that he's in. Totally. And the mm-hmm. messages, and, and that's to let people know this goes so deep that we often don't even know that it's happening. So mm. I received, I receive messages now mm-hmm. on Instagram or Facebook messenger or whatever email. I had a woman who emailed me and said, Hey, I just got a nudge from the universe and I wanted, and I, I wanted to send you my phone number. If you ever want to connect, not even in a romantic way, but just like following, following that guidance. I don't, whether it's romantic or not, I don't get the, um, like that message of, Hey, here's my number. Give me a call. Let's connect when I was in a relationship. So there's Mm. definitely a shifting, there's definitely a shifting dynamic that's, that's going on. And I'm not sure if people are even aware of it. Right. When I get a message now, I go, Oh, 
I wonder if she's like, what is the energy behind this, this message here? What's the energy here? Whereas when I was in a relationship, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like when I invited you to just come play. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to call it out like that. You brought it up in the last episode. (laughs) I know, but we were starting fresh. We were starting fresh. (laughs) Yeah. So for everyone knows, Kat and I danced our asses off at a party in Ojai and had just connected, basically talking about we were both through recent breakups and just had a, a good connection that I would say was I don't think we've ever connected like that before, really. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, what was amazing was to be able to connect with you and then feel good about it. And then I get a message from you the next, like, two days later or something that says, if you ever want to, you know, have some tea or just have some playfulness to lighten the air, I'm available. And my brain spiraled into, is she, is that a, is there a sexual energy there? Is that mm. a, like, I want to connect in a more intimate way and get to know you. And I didn't know. And if, when I was in relationship, if I got a message like that, I wouldn't even, that wouldn't even cross my mind. Yeah. So that's an example of this energetic that's different than what were, what I was previously perceiving the entire world to be. Mm-hmm. Entering into, into this state of where we have to gain the clarity of these of these words or these actions from people understanding their intention behind these things instead of just assuming that we know and developing more clear communication um because (laughs) looking back on it when you sent me that message i wish i had sent a message that said hey to be honest, I'm not entirely sure the intention with which you're sending the message. Like, did you want to, what is your intention here or (laughs) whatever that would have been a totally acceptable. And what I would do now, I would Mm have 100% do that now, just to like um, six weeks into the single thing. The time I got that message was like four days into the single thing. So it's a quick learning process. And for anyone listening, I believe that the number one thing is just communication. Really Mm -hmm. communication. I don't think that, I don't believe that you will ever regret asking for clarification of Mm -hmm. intention. And if someone makes you feel bad for asking for clarification, they're probably not someone you want to be communicating with anyway, because by asking for clarification, you're inviting a deeper level of intimacy. You're inviting someone to actually express their emotional intention. Mm -hmm. Or for me, even before I go and hang out with somebody of the opposite gender, I, I I state very clearly that this is for friendship. That way everybody can relax into their own natural being and they don't have to be on edge of, uh, is this a date? Isn't this date? Or what is going on here? But it helps everybody to just know exactly what the intention is moving forward. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for not doing that in (laughs) in the messages to me so that I could have the experience of a spiral out of control. You're welcome for the activation. I appreciate it. (laughs) activation. And and speaking of that, I think, you know, we talk a lot about triggers, triggering each other 
not knowing the meanings, placing projections of, of what we think is going on, and yet how powerful of a medicine to be triggered or to be activated can actually be for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the growth. Anytime you feel a trigger in your system, all that's actually happening is one of your edges is being pushed. You are being you are being challenged. You are being pushed in a, in some way, shape, or form. And I love Kyle Cease because Kyle Cease talks about this where he says people are so quick to point the finger when they're triggered. They're like, "You're triggering me. It's you that needs to stop triggering me." <laughs> when in reality, if you're being triggered, what that's saying is point the finger at yourself and say, "Why am I being triggered by this person?" Because if you didn't care, if there wasn't a part of you that it was hitting edge it wouldn't trigger you. Mm-hmm. There are things There are things that a stranger could say to you that you would not even think twice about that if your mom or your dad or your boyfriend said to you would be incredibly triggering. And so the event itself is entirely neutral. It's, it's our value that we assign to the events that really are um, the deciding factor. That's how we're creating our reality. Mm, oh my God, that's amazing. And I think so. there's so much compassion in describing triggering like this, because a lot of times we can just look to somebody and say, oh, they're just a jealous person or oh, they're just immature and all these things. Or, <laughs> But all of us have these parts in ourselves. And to be able to humanize these as just processes, we can give it back to the other person and say, okay, they're just having a human experience. That's what they're, they're, they're just trying to protect themselves or they're just, you know, going through their own personal evolution. But then even for ourselves, instead of spiraling into this guilt and shame mode of I feel less than or I feel not enough because I can't get over these feelings that I'm having that are messing me up kind of thing. But it just allows us to be like, okay, I'm having a human experience. I love that part of myself too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can can we love the, the, can I, let's say for myself, can I love the part of myself that has very often felt insecure over the last six weeks? Can I, can I love that part of myself as much as I love the part of myself that gets on stage and crushes like that? Can I love both of those equally instead of valuing and saying, you know what, that, that Adam on stage touring his show that's the powerful Adam. I love him. And the Adam that's not sure how to read it, the, the, the message from Kat, that part is a, is a little um, version that I want to just shove in a closet somewhere and pretend <laughs> doesn't exist. That's, that's the growth because by loving those aspects of ourselves, they're invited out. And by being invited out into the light, they'll be transmuted. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I always tell people transmuting the pain to become the greatest lessons of love and life for us and for the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not a necessary component. And I, this is really important to me because so many people associate needing pain for growth. We have like strive and grind, no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. We have these collective beliefs that have been ingrained into us. And there's a very sh- big difference between using pain that shows up as an opportunity for growth and calling in pain to grow. Those are two mm-hmm. very different things. And if people can recognize that it doesn't have to be painful, 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be painful. But when it is, love it, feel it, and allow yourself to grow. Mm, which is very, very perfect in relation to what we're talking about with breakups and conscious uncoupling. I'd be curious, how did you, and this would be such a great example for our listeners, but how did you move through pain or uncomfortable emotions that arose? Like, how did you navigate those yourself? I cry a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I, what I notice for myself is when I start to feel overwhelmed, when I start to feel stuck, like just that feeling of, uh, that building inside yeah. of yourself. You're just like, Oh, right thanks. Yeah. When, the, when that's happening, <laughs> um, I know that it's just, there's, there's an energy that wants to move through. And I personally do a number of different things. Um, meditation is a huge part of it and movement is a huge part of it. So going to the gym, yoga, stretching, dancing, some sort of movement to literally move the energy in my body and then some sort of outlet for it. So a lot of times singing is really helpful. Journaling can be really helpful. Um, screaming if we need to, whatever. And then you can talk to someone if that's helpful and then, uh, sitting in it. So I like to stir it all up in some way, shape, or form, give it a bit of an outlet, and then sit in it and see what's underneath it. Because once the stuckness moves through the system, what's actually creating that stuckness is now ready to be looked at. And um, then I'll sit and, to full disclosure, the probably like four or five days ago, I cried for an hour straight, the longest cry I've ever had in my life, sitting down there and just crying. And, and the primary reason was because I realized that the journey I'm on developing my sovereignty is also simultaneously a journey of untethering myself from my, my past partner. And I didn't associate those two things as the same Mm. and they, and they are. And, uh, that was really sad. And so I just allowed myself to cry. Yeah, I think I had uh, many moments, me curled up, cuddled with my journal and my pen and and in those tears. And it's just beautiful, a beautiful release, but just allowing yourself to feel that so it doesn't get stuck. So it doesn't get Mm -hmm. stagnant and turn into something else. And it'll turn into physical symptoms. If we don't let that, that energy move through us and those stagnant emotions get caught up in the body, that's what turns into diseases and, and pains and uh, just physical unhealthiness because it's all layered on top of each other. Our energy bodies, our emotional bodies are layered on top of our physical bodies. They're all interconnected. Mm, wow. This has been – I can talk to you forever. This is such <laughs> epic – material. It's gold. I think it's gold. And what would you, if you could leave our listeners with just a a couple of tidbits that could help them move through their process as if we haven't given them enough. (laughs) Mm. I would say that everything that you are feeling is worthy of being felt. That is a really, really big one. And I want people to allow that to sink in because so many of us look to the mountaintop of how we want to feel 
or how we want our lives to look that we think what we're in isn't the thing that's getting us there. Mm. And so if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling hopeless, allow yourself to create a container to feel that safely. And if you can't do that yourself, get someone who can mm. get someone. That's what coaches do or therapists do, or, you know, friends do family can do that. Whoever, wherever you feel safe to allow yourself to dive into those feelings. Mm. And the deeper you allow yourself to feel those feelings, the more energy you will move through your system and you will arrive back at the one universal truth, which is that underneath it all is love. Mm. Underneath all of it is love. And so in your deepest moments of despair, you can, you can trust in if you work your way through it, there is love on the other side. I just want everybody to sit with that for a moment because those words are incredibly powerful. How often we forget and under all the fears and the activations and the entertaining these potential outcomes that don't exist or in the past and to remember that love. Adam, how can people find more about you and these powerful words? AdamRoa.com is the main hub where you will find your way to my YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Adam.Roa, Facebook, Adam Roa, um, the Deep Dive podcast with mm -hmm. Adam Roa. Um, that's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, everywhere. And yeah, that those would be the primary primary places. Mm, I love it. Every basically everywhere that you can go online for social media. <laughs> <laughs> all the things, all the things. All the things. But adamroa.com, A D A M R O A. Amazing. Oh, brother, thank you so much for joining me on this. And what my hope is that people listen to this and are inspired to take charge of how, again, this unfolding of their own relationships, how they show up in them, whether they're single or whether they're coupled or whether going, they're going through an unco uncoupling process. So thank you again. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank mm -hmm. you to everyone who, who is listening to this because it means that they are working on themselves. They're in the process. They're interested in growing. So thank you for, for being that and, and leading as an example for those around you. Oof, yes. And lovers, if you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com to subscribe to the show, to connect with me and grab my sexy guides because my goal is to help you to get to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, your love life, and all the things which will improve every aspect of your life. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.